I am one voice that stands alone. I am one choice to man the throne. Stand guard and take shots. Give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. Welcome, everybody, to Pulp Revelators. We are all locked down right now across this country um, and actually around the globe. But today, the Pulp Revelator is going to come to you with some of the binge-worthy things that we're enjoying with this time at home, uh, things to keep our mind off the craziness and to uh, keep us active and occupied. Got a good cast with us today. We have Gary, Mike, Tim, Dustin, and myself. I'm Jeff. And uh, we're going to kind of go around here and talk about some of the things we're reading, some of the things we're watching, and hopefully you're going to join us in uh, in spending a little time on this. So let's go ahead and start with Gary. I think Gary is our guy who who does the most reading. He's our encyclopedia. So uh, Gary, what are some of the things you've been watching? What are some of the things you've been doing? Oh, so watching. You started off, you threw me off there because you're like, Gary does a lot of reading. So what have you been watching? <laughs> I, will, <yeah. laughs> I had like this whole answer, like all prepared. Now I'm on the spot. Mm. Um, no, uh, so watching wise, um, I will guiltily admit that I watched The Tiger King. Tiger King? Ah, oh, God. Tiger King. <laughs> it's a train wreck. It's horrible. It's not a recommendation for you to watch because exactly that it it is. You you start watching, you're like, who are these people? And then you can't stop because you have to find out how the mystery unravels. And then you get to the very end of it and you're like, I've wasted my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Gary, because they're now filming season two. Uh, Thank goodness. From jail? (laughs) From jail. (laughs) Who knows how this is going to pan out? I, I actually thought it was pretty interesting because if you if you look at it from the psychological point of view, every single one of those people were skilled in manipulating people in some way, like overly skilled. They were masters of it. You know, the, yeah. the, the Tiger King guy, he was manipulating his guys, and um, the the woman, um, Baskins, she was manipulating her people. I mean, 80-some volunteers, 100-some volunteers, you don't pay a single one of them, and they stick around for years. Mm. to obtain like a color rank that's pretty <laughs> impressive you don't pay them a single kitty some of them losing limbs to the like cats it's like yeah the uh-huh. one guy that had multiple wives like it's just his was really interesting because he manipulated them he would deprive them of basic human things like a decent place to eat and good food or a decent place to sleep and good food to eat and then you could earn your way up by by pleasing him and, and getting on his list so he was just manipulating people. You deprive him of things so they want to earn things. Dude, I love that we're talking about the Tiger King, and the listeners can't see this, but I can see Tim's cat behind the curtain behind <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will admit, I think to being one of the few people in the country who has not watched Tiger King, don't really have an interest, but I but I get that it's cool and everybody, you know. Uh, no, I applaud you for that. Uh, <laughs> I stumbled into it and got trapped, Mike. Don't waste your life. <laughs> but I will. I met Joe Exotic. <laughs> I met him. Wait, say, say that again. Okay, wait a minute. I you, met, you met him. Okay, pause. yeah, yeah. <laughs> My wife is from Oklahoma, and we were out there visiting her parents, and there was a Groupon ticket to go to some tiger safari, and this was like five years ago. So we go to this tiger safari. 
I Emily was like one, so she's in a stroller. So I'm pushing her around in the hot sun, and I'm like, man, this place sucks. There's no <laughs> trees. There's no shade. I'm definitely pretty sure this is illegal. There's no way you could crossbreed these animals like that, you know? So I'm sitting down under the shade, and out of nowhere, here comes this man with a mullet. And did he walks right up to, to me. No, he did not propose to me. But now that I know, it might have been a different story. But comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, are you enjoying yourself? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm Joe Exotic. <laughs> I run this place. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you'll have to check out the gift shop. I got a lot of cool stuff in there. <laughs> Which is like the weirdest gift shop I've ever been a part of because he has his own music videos and yeah. his line of underwear. Uh, yeah. Which was How pretty many amazing. <laughs> which is well, where Mandy would not let me buy any, so she did not want the, uh, the tiger one. man to come out of me. So, yeah. Mm. No, you but won't yeah, say I'm wearing them right now. You know, no. Not go there. <laughs> I will not go there. That's true. <laughs> and that will be our first product on our store: pictures of Dustin and his tiger <laughs> <laughs> with his armor on Joe Exotic. Custom yeah. posters. That'll be, that'll oh. be part of our calendar. Um, yep. <laughs> so I'll shift gears just a little bit on the on the watching front. I will say of recent watches, um, a movie that both myself and my 18 and 15 year old daughters loved full on was Knives Out, um, which is you know so you've got Chris Evans as as not Captain America at all. And you've got Daniel Craig as not James Bond at all. Um, and it's basically kind of a, a Ryan Johnson take on Clue, essentially. But it, yeah. you know, it's a whodunit you're trying to figure out the whole time. Um, absolutely, you know, even about halfway through the movie, you feel like, oh, okay, I think I know what's going on. And then you don't. It's, so they, it, there's a lot of great misdirection, great storytelling, great characters. Um, and someone in their, you know, late forties and someone in their mid teens all can enjoy it the same. So I would, you know, it's a, it's, you kind of just get lost in the movie. Great, great watch for quarantine. I don't know. I thought it was fun where it. you, you kind of got about three quarters way through the movie and you got it figured out. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you still had to figure out how they got there. Yeah. That was just a lot of fun watching the way that movie ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's definitely on my list to watch. Um, yeah, it's. I know it's got rave it's reviews, good. and like you said, the cast is incredible. Uh, great director. Uh, and you even throw Don Johnson in there from the old Miami Vice days. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Definitely a watcher. <laughs> so one of the things I got thinking of, and since we're starting with with watch, you know, kind of things, it's all right. We're in quarantine. Everybody's supposed to be at home. You feel kind of stuck and trapped at home. So what's perfect? Prison movies. <laughs> and I, there's two that, that are on my top, like top five or six movies of all time are prison movies. And I'm not sure what that says about me. But Who wants to guess uh, them? What's that? Who wants to take a guess at what they are? Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Green Mile. Green Mile, yeah. Not Green Mile. Shawshank's one, Shawshank's my, one of my top three movies ever. So that's definitely is, one of them. Is the other one the Mark Ruffalo DiCaprio movie? Nope. No? Gotta go back to movies. Not the Clint Eastwood movie, Escape from Alcatraz. That's what a was, good one, but... Guy what was Stallone? What is it? Escape Plan? 
Yep. <laughs> or or Tango and Cash. Prison breaks and both of them. <laughs> don't knock Tango and Cash. I love yep. it. <laughs> that is a great movie, though. I just love the Toyota truck at the end. of just like the battle station. It was great. <laughs> All right, Mike. So what's the second one? Cool Hand Luke. Uh, mm. see it. I mean, there, that movie is about you've got about a, a memorable quote every five minutes. You know, somebody says something that you want to write down between, you know, what we have here is a failure to communicate to I can eat 50 eggs mm. to shaking a boss to, um, you know, sometimes nothing is a real cool hand. You know, there's just, you know, mm. Paul Newman at his finest, just a phenomenal movie of, you know, the indomitable spirit, even when captured. And I guess both of them are, you know, and that's the point of Shawshank too. It's, you know, get busy living or get busy dying, right? You know, that whole, yeah. um, you know, even when you're trapped, you don't have to be victim of, of your play, of where you are. Did you guys ever see Brubaker with Robert Redford? That wasn't a bad one. Uh-uh, I didn't see it. That one was actually based on a true story. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, Redford plays a... Uh, a new warden that they brought in and he was implementing all kinds of change that um, the, the county didn't like, but he was getting results. And it's just about how he was being sabotaged and his efforts were being sabotaged to make him look bad. That he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing for reform. So it's, it's a decent movie. So what do you guys think about if, you know, in your, in quarantine, do you do something like, you know, dive into the Lord of the Rings trilogy or the Harry Potter movies or the Star Wars? What do you think? I was going to I was going to say Star Wars, but I wanted to save that for Tim. If I had to, <laughs> if I had to like, hey, my go-to movie, no matter what, will always be Big Trouble in Little China. Um, John Carpenter. Yes. And, uh, you know, Kurt Russell, you can never go wrong. Uh, so that's definitely on my list. Uh, I love the Bourne movies. Uh, yeah, pretty much the whole entire Bourne series. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll even throw in the Jeremy Renner one, but just especially the original trilogy and the the newest one with Jason Bourne. They're just great movies to watch. I mean, there's some really powerful moments where you're like, "Yeah, I want to be that guy," and they're just entertaining. And it's not, and it's kind of like you know, I would say there's. There's the mindless action part, but then there's also the part where you look like, where you're kind of like, wow, they put a plan together here on this. This actually was kind of ironing out pretty cool. Um, so that's a, that, that, that's usually a go-to for me. Like I usually watch that when I'm sick or just chilling out. Like even if it's just background noise, I kind of have those movies on. Um, I was just saying, and it'll tie into reading later. I'm also, uh, I'm probably going to go back and watch a bunch of the Daredevil, at least some episodes from each season. I don't know if I'll do, you know, all three seasons straight through, but just I can remember some episodes from that that were pretty, like, great. Um, That's not a bad idea. And the Punisher series, too, both of those seasons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it, it just especially with, uh, uh, I mean, just how all three seasons progressed. Yeah. You know, just – They grabbed – in the Daredevil series, they grabbed a lot from the the – Frank Miller era, as you oh, said, yeah. you know, the born again. And, and to me, <clears throat> Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin is just, I mean, he's absolutely perfect. He kind of makes the series go. Um, yeah. And I haven't watched it in a while. You're right. That would be a good one to dive into. 
Well, and if you want to, like, even follow the progression, it's like the first season was a big combo of his original stories with Stan Lee and Frank Miller's um, The Man Without Fear, which is kind of like mm-hmm. his the way Frank Miller redid his origin. And then the second season was uh, kind of like when Frank Miller first hit the Marvel Daredevil scene where he brings in that Eastern mystique and all the different like gang wars that were going on at the same time and then the third season it's born again i mean it, yeah. it's essentially born again and i mean i guess you would have to throw the defenders in there as well because when i when i look at the defenders i kind of look at that the defender series that was a daredevil series that guest starred <laughs> so oh, yeah. the other guys you know? yeah it really focused a lot on daredevil and what happened during that so and it, out of all of them, next to the Punisher, I think it was the most well done. I mean, the others had their merits, except for Iron Fist. But um, I thought all of them were like pretty, pretty. Good. Why all the hate on Iron Fist? I didn't really look. It was terrible. terrible. <laughs> uh, the acting or the storyline, or both. The storylines I didn't hate, and all the other actors. Mm-hmm. I liked. It's just the dude who played Iron Fist. He was too prequel Anakin whiny. I, yeah, and I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure it was the actor's fault or just how he was portrayed. Right. Iron Fist as a character, if you go into you know, and and I recommend it. You know, the Immortal Iron Fist that that Brubaker and Fraction put together, which is a great series. Iron Fist is a guy who would you you do not want to mess with. You know, he's just and and the the Netflix portrayal was just this angsty, whiny guy who, you know, couldn't figure out what he wanted to be or if he could connect with his chi or, you know, and it, it just made for a milk toast kind you know, of show, you know? You know what it felt like? It felt like a series that you would see on, like, WB or, like, a, <clears throat> like Arrow or something where they, they don't really have a, an end in sight for, for a plan for the storyline. So they just kind of leave every aspect is open-ended and it can run for nine, ten seasons and you still mm-hmm. haven't gotten anywhere. Mm. I will say, you know, I've got an Iron Fist T-shirt. I'm all Team Iron. Fist. I love. I'm a big fan of the character. I'm a big fan of the comic. I wanted to love it, and I was like, oh man, you know, this is this blows. Yeah, when it was um when it first like when they first talked about it coming on, I'm like, this is basically going to work if they take Kung Fu Action Theater, right, a little bit and throw it on the screen, or the old Kung Fu show with David Carradine, and um, you know. They, they didn't. It was like nine hundred two one zero version of. Fist. And the fight scenes, the fight scenes felt sloppy. Mm-hmm. They, they certainly weren't as compact and concise and, and well done as Daredevil or even Luke Cage. Right. You know, the, the, the fight scenes were sloppy, and it, initially I kind of gave it some forgiveness because Kung Fu, like the style of Kung Fu, is more about fluid body movement and things like that. So I, I get that, but I just don't see like. Iron Fist, the Kung Fu master of like the world, fighting that sloppily. I just well, don't see it. It becomes really unbelievable when his friend Davos shows up. When you see that guy fight, and then you see right. fight, you're like, oh, he'd get eaten up. I mean, <laughs> you're just like, there's no way. And it's um, interesting because in the in, if you go back to the the comics of of you know a few decades ago, Power Man mm-hmm. and Iron Fist were the team. Mm-hmm. They don't even call Luke Cage Power Man anymore because it, it's kind of a goofy name. But the Luke Cage show was good. I mean, it was there was nothing yeah. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And Iron Fist just couldn't live up to it, I don't think. 
No, and I, I just, uh, and just out of all of them, I just felt that Daredevil was the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, hands yeah. down, all three seasons. Well, that, that's the series that drove the entire group. Mm-hmm. I, I think the second best one was probably the, the Punisher. I, I even thought the Defenders really wasn't that no, awesome. Man. What about Jessica Jones? Any fans here? No, I never got into it. I not, can't say not for I any... watched it all the way through. Yeah, I know the source material was really good, but I also never read that all the way through either. That was a Brian Michael Bendis, and I know they pulled a lot from that. Um, it's one of the things that's kind of on my list to go back and actually watch straight through the two seasons, but I, I just didn't. I was more interested in, uh, I mean, even Luke Cage, I kind of watched spottily, and it was really good, but I was just more interested in uh, Daredevil, I think. Mm-hmm. In fact, rumor is uh, Kevin Smith dropped a rumor within the past few weeks. Apparently, uh, Charlie Cox is supposed to take up his role as Matt Murdock in the next Spider-Man film. Yeah, it's, it, it's oh, at least going to be a cameo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be awesome if that's true. But no, that's kind of watching it. Just a few things I have um, that I jotted down. I started watching the Teen Titans uh, series on DC Universe. I had a kind of a watched the first episode and never really got back to it so i started uh watching it through and it's really good it's three seasons now Mm. and um i mean it definitely takes a darker take on the teen titans and it's not you know george perez's teen titans uh mar wolfman's and george perez's like everybody always wants it to be but it's it's based on that and uh so far it's been pretty neat and just a man a non-comic related show Prodigal Son is really good. Um, basically, it, it comes. It's a weekly show that just started this season, and the premise is the guy's an F. He's been kicked out of the FBI, and he's helping local police track down criminals and killers. He's their profiler, um, and the hook is is his dad is a notorious serial killer that he uh, helped catch when he was a kid. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the commercials for it and the, the previews for it. It looks interesting. I just haven't gotten into it yet. It's really good. And they find a way, even though it's really dark content, to work like comedy in, kind of like they did in the TV series Bones, if you ever watched it. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it, it's a really good show. And I, I've actually like caught up on the season and will probably, since we've been in, lockdown and we'll probably continue watching it weekly now i'm actually excited it comes on monday nights i believe nice dustin you watching anything oh well all garbage tv so you know my i think in the midst of this chaos you need to have just absolute trash to get you through it you know just like it's like a reality check so tiger king Tiger King's right up there. Uh, Love is Blind. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Love is Blind. No. Uh, that's, a, no. that's a Netflix show where uh, it's a dating show pretty much. And, you know, everybody's trying to find their true love, but they're not allowed to look at each other. So. I've I, I, I seen the trash category. Yeah. I mean, it's I one of those kind it. of experiments where, like, <laughs> can people just fall in love with like who someone is and not necessarily what they look like. And so you watch that happen until like they could see each other again. And then you're like, Oh no, like it is, there is so much physical 
attraction plays into this. So, yeah, I mean, it was good. I found it interesting, uh, just like from a just a human perspective, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then I think my last the old reruns of uh, Jerry Springer that you're watching too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, and then recently, me and the kids have been into Pokemon. That's been like our exercise time is going out and play Pokemon Go. So we've been watching all the old pokemon shows from when i was growing up but yeah those are kind of like the top three that i've pretty much watched during quarantine i haven't really watched anything else other than the trump and hogan news conferences which are always a joy Mm. to watch so (laughs) well i gotta say you know for if i mean just based if you take information off the table and go for entertainment the, the sign language interpreter for Hogan is just brilliant. Yeah. That guy's phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's I don't think he late was, night shows. The first one, I think, was a woman, like, for the first two, and then they moved to him, and they haven't. He's just – he's like a superstar. <laughs> They've never gone back. He also reminds me of Sean Connery in uh, that movie. Oh, what oh, – what is the movie? I'm going to have to look it up. Where Sean Connery wears a suit, and he's dressed all in black. Yes, every Sean Connery movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that did not help. Uh, it's not like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or anything, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> I didn't see that movie, but... That was not a bad movie. I liked it. I will find it, gentlemen. <laughs> Just bear with me. Let's see. Uh, Rising Sun. Okay. Oh, is that Wesley Snipes? Yeah. And he's like he's he's in the all black suit the entire time. I remember Presidio Wesley Snipes on How to Be Wise. Presidio was he and Mark Harmon, right? He ended up, yeah. you know, he could beat you up with his right pinky, his left one is far too strong. <laughs> <laughs> so but um no, that's yeah, I mean that's Pokemon. I didn't even think about cartoons. Man. What? Yeah, I've been trying to, like, think through – so, like, we got a guy in our church right now who's, like, an amazing artist, and he specializes in Dragon Ball Z paintings. So I've been trying to introduce the kids to that. Um, But I have to find the version where they just, like, remove all the talking that happens, you know? Like, so much of the Dragon Ball Z episodes are spent, like, just, like, talking crap to each other. You know, like, I'm more powerful than you. No. And then they power up for 20 minutes. And then it's like, all right, next time on Dragon Ball Z, they will fight. I promise. So. And, and this is when we the... remember that Dustin is 20 years younger than the rest of us, too. Well, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. See, I watched. who, Which one of you? One of you guys posted, like, something about your 80s childhood. Now you watch Thundercats and Transformers and who oh, was that? That was a that was something I reposted that that music video where it showed all. Yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know any of these, you know. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, Batman, Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh. But no, I was like, I don't even know some of them. Like the guy who had the arm stretch out or whatever 
It's it's awesome, man. Aside from Batman, I don't think anything you just named would make any list ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Yeah. I mean, I did. I grew up on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I right. did recognize that one, but that's the, probably it. The original? Uh, I mean, whatever it was, the late 80s, cartoon. 90s yeah. cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And see, we didn't have Transformers. We had uh, Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was about to look cartoons when they faced into that. That was um that was CGI, right? That wasn't cartoons. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was it was like CGI. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, other than that, you had like I was thinking through it's like big bad beagle Beetleborgs. That might be placing it. Mystic Knights. Um what's another one that's kind of in that Power category? Rangers. Power well, Rangers, don't have yeah. my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonah, Josiah, get in here. I need help. Come on. <laughs> What's this man talking about? Something about big bad Beetleborgs or Bob. Yeah. I don't even know if they would know that one, to be honest. It's that baby gibberish where they just kind of, ooh, get, 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 thing. It's, we're okay. Yeah. Go, go grow up someday. Well, if you have Disney Plus, um, I know a lot of people, and I've been thinking about doing it as well and what better time than when you have nothing else to do is uh the x-men animated series right ah. that whole entire series is on disney plus now so i'm like huh. those Somebody are so hard dropped, to watch those are so Somebody hard to watch the entire gi joe series on youtube hmm. yeah hmm. and he-man you know series like that there's a lot of free series on youtube you might even find Yu-Gi-Oh on there <laughs> I have actually gone back and watched all the Marvel movies in order, except for Hulk because it's not streaming anywhere. But all the rest of them I've watched. Really? Hulk's not on there? Hulk is not on any of them. Nope. They didn't bring why? Him I don't know. That's why, by Universal. why I buy all my movies. Probably because it was Edward Norton and not Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Uh, part of well, the, rights, the rights to... Um, to that is still earned by Universal. By Universal, that's why yeah. they have to be able to make another Hulk standalone. Why they spread the Mark Ruffalo story through multiple. Right. Um, so they haven't. They don't have the rights to stream it because Universal still says no. I'd actually like to really watch that again. It's been long enough since it was in the theater, and I haven't seen it since. So. Oh really? Li- you well, I mean, I think the, I think the fight scenes are great in that movie. You know, I think uh, Abomination is actually a decent villain. So Yeah. And the funny thing is, Norton is kind of the perfect, you know, Bruce Banner type character. He's a lot like the old Bill Bixby from the, the Hulk TV show. He is, very yeah. much so. Skinny, you know, dorky guy who, you know, who um, is not going to, you know, punch his way out of a paper bag, you know, then turns into this, you know, unstoppable Green Monster. Yeah. Tim Roth is always a great villain. Hmm. So while we're sort of in the comic universe here and we're gonna and we're stuck in quarantine, so let's shift over to your your quarantine comics. You know, what kind of, um it could be something you're reading now or it could be something that you say, All right, hey, you're stuck in, in quarantine, you're stuck inside. And, it, you know, a, a shout out to uh, 
Third Eye Comics and and uh, Portals also who are who are doing mail order if you want. Third Eye even has a delivery service. Their battle van will come around and, and deliver comics to you depending on where you are. Um, but it's a great time to do a deep dive into some comic runs. Um, you know, I will start since we're on the Marvel universe a little bit. Um, I'm not, who knows what's actually going to happen with the, the series or not, but if you want something that's, uh, that, that's going to give you humor, is going to give you, um, you know, could take your mind off things and give you a different take on a, on a name you know, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run, absolutely phenomenal. It's basically Hawkeye when he's not being a superhero and how his life just kind of gets thrown into, you know, a mess um, just by, you know, kind of walking down the street. And Fraction is just a brilliant writer who throws humor at every corner, um, you know, between girl troubles and the, the sweatpant mafia that's after him and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a phenomenal run. And if they ever get the series made on Disney Plus, it's going to be right. based only on Fraction's Hawkeye. Right. Gary, what? you a fan? What's up? Are you a Fraction Hawkeye fan? I am. I am totally. Uh, I love Fraction Hawkeye. And um, it, it was right around, you had mentioned it earlier in the episode, and I, I think it goes hand in hand with that, um, the Iron Fist series, because he was involved with that as well. Um, it was both him and Brubaker. Right. And, uh, you know, just incredible art, both really good stories, uh, both kind of, you're right, it kind of showed who they were in and out of the costume. Yeah, huge fan. I would definitely uh, second that recommendation. I second that emotion. I have a tough time picking up, uh, like, ordering comics, because I, I need to go to a store, look through it, and decide if it's something I want to read. So even, even with the trade backs, like it's a it's a tough thing for me. Mm-hmm. I know you guys make different recommendations stuff. But I, I like to go and physically put my hands on something. So to wait for it in the mail just kind of is a little much. Now, I have been. I've had it for two weeks now. And I, I haven't even read it because I'm I'm just waiting. But number nine, I'm just just sitting next to my bed, waiting for a chance to read it. And the same with uh, Wolverine number two. So that's I'm gonna savor that and, and let it. Let it be uh, something I read when I'm bored the most. And that's a fair point. You know, someone who's who's looking for something to get into, um, you know, Jonathan Hickman's House of uh, X, Powers of Ten, Beginning of Dawn of X. You know, that you know, you've got plenty of time right now to kind of get caught up on yep. on what everybody's calling the you know the definitive X Men run since maybe the '70s and '80s. You know. Yeah, I second that. I, I love it, obviously. I've shared that many, many times. I'm such a big fan. Yeah. I'm just I a Hickman get, fan in general. I did get King's uh, number one and number two of the Batman run. So the first one's I Am Gotham, and the second one is I Am Suicide. So I'm going to start those soon. So that'll, that'll give you a storyline to follow for a little bit. And then, of course, I'll have to order like the next 20 because he did an endless right. run in that storyline. We're not sure when Dustin's going to get his Professor X tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> the one right, right on the forehead. Well, that's why, yeah. So my big struggle has been I usually 
uh, rent mine from the library first. And so I've had to just pretty much exclusively pick stuff from just Hoopla to read. So uh, Hoopla has, uh, I haven't borrowed it already. I haven't dived into it yet, but Event Leviathan is on there. (laughs) Batman Universe, uh, Absolute Carnage. And then they actually just released the House of X, Power of X graphic novel on there. So that, that absolute carnage is a great run. It really is. I I'm in. I'm looking forward to actually reading that because I know, uh, like, I follow Kate's online on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he's just a, a fun personality. So I can only imagine that that's a fun book to read. He's also speaking part of a book club on YouTube as well. And, and speaking of quarantine and, um, you know, COVID-19, he's been on fire. He's been, you know, commissioned, you know, he's put the challenges out there to, to you know, commission uh, original art and he's bought, you know, old comics and he's just trying to support everybody from artists to writers to comic shops and, and put it out there so that others will too. Yeah. Kate's is definitely a, uh, not a boring guy to follow on Twitter <laughs> yeah. because he's both he's he's good-hearted and opinionated and you know and gets you know can get temperamental on things. Yeah, well, him, Tom Taylor, and Tom King, I think, are just they're enjoyable to actually follow yeah. on Twitter. You know, uh, mm-hmm. other comic book writers can be super political or yeah. they can just be kind of jerks. Uh, but those three kind of maintain just a fun atmosphere yeah. and yet still talk about uh, just enjoyable things. Yeah. Totally agree. Any of you yeah. Moon Knight fans out there? Um, I'm trying to think, you know, are we just are we just sticking with – yeah. Well, that's one of the ones Did you just I answer your own question? read list with moon knight <laughs> oh moon knight sure you don't have to stick with marvel you don't have to stick with you've got you know comic runs or or you know graphic novels you throw out there go for it man um even if it's something I, you haven't read and you think it's going to be good well i've actually gone back i've i've got a uh, moon knight crazy runs in the family right here that i've been reading i don't know if you can see that on here but huh? what a phenomenal story just going back i think this was from the Actually, I can't tell. What, Gary, come on, buddy. You're the one who knows. You know when Crazy Runs of the Family was? The uh, title of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bemis, Burroughs, Ortega, and, and uh, Lopez. Oh, you get a little older, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely older. It's. Um, I'm thinking this goes back maybe to the 90s? Probably. I would have to – I. I've never really read a whole lot of Moon Knight. Um, I read the Ellis with, because it's Warren Ellis. I thought it was terrific. So that's something I would have to catch up on. You might be ahead of me on that one, Jeffrey. I'm yeah. taking a look right now at what years it was. You start off with Doug Mensch and Bill Sienkiewicz, and, you know, and that was just a phenomenal team. Then it stopped and started, and then it picked back up with Ellis, and then he dropped it, and then it was Lemire and Greg Smallwood that kind of finished that run out, and was an f- absolutely phenomenal run too. And Moon Knight's another one that, y- you know, to get read up on because there's going to be a series coming out. Yeah. Wow, it says 2017-2018 is what it lists here on Amazon. 
Is that possibly right? I guess so. Mm -hmm. Huh. But it was uh, a run from 188 to 193, and the story's phenomenal. I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah, I know for a while there, they, well, I think that's right around the time they took a bunch of series that had started over with number ones and kept starting over, and they did the legacy and went back to legacy numbering. I think they did that just in time to end all those series and then come out again with number with number ones. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the runs for Moon Knight have gotten really good reviews. I mean, there was a there was a run of it in the '90s that, that got rave reviews, and we're talking about the '90s where a lot of books really didn't get that. So, good choice, Jeff. I'm looking forward to see what you think. Uh, so far, absolutely love it great storyline um it looks like there's several in the series this is number one uh, like i said it's crazy runs in the family the people over at uh third eye were instrumental in helping me pick up this particular one you know i've, I've made the mistake of reading my first political book ever <laughs> man when you do that and you're not entirely engrossed in it it stalls the reading it really stalls the reading. I've been working on the same book for like a month now. I was plowing through them, but now I'm, it's interesting material, but they do individual profiles of specific politicians and, and what their corruption levels are. And, you know, to really take it all in, you got to read it slow and you got to connect all the dots. And you could only read like one profile of the course of two or three days before you're just like, all right, I need a break. You need, you need to find something else. So you're reading a book that it sounds like you are torturing yourself with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. One way to spend quarantine. This is my favorite book I have ever read, and it's killing me. It's one of those accomplishments where when you, finally, when you finally finish it, like I've got two profiles up for you, like, well, now I've got to finish it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter whether I like it or not. I've got to finish these last two profiles. Right. So, and it's, it's interesting, but it's not, I mean – when you watch everything going on in the world today and everything is political and everything that's going on, I, I think one thing that's interesting through all of this COVID-19 stuff is all the fluff on TV and all the celebrities thinking what I had to say is so much more important than what everyone else has to say. That's all stopped. Like you don't see the gossip. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, Yahoo News used to be every day was for every real informative article, there was probably 10 gossip articles. And now it's just information. And it's interesting that those people aren't important right now. Mm. I don't know. I'm sure uh, Dustin's missing his Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how I like it. Kanye all up in uh, – I was actually talking about Kanye earlier, so I missed that. But <laughs> was it, now a, Kardashian, guys, a Kardashian, huh? What are you guys doing for – are you guys working from home? What are you doing? I always you talking to home, so yes. All of you. Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> My life hasn't changed because <laughs> I'm an essential employee. So Ditto. in both my jobs. I'm essential to uh the church <laughs> and I am essential to UPS's operation. So which kind of sucks. I pretty much uh am doing Christmas season all over again. Well, so I'm having to wake up at like two thirty three. And it's great, wonderful, love it. Sorry, buddy. I shouldn't. I shouldn't complain. I have a freaking job that, even in the midst of a pandemic, is still like 
like I even joked to my boss, I was like, oh, like Trump might be talking about a national shutdown, might just shut down everything. And he was like, yeah, but that's not UPS. And, or he had a talk with our CEO, apparently. And they made that crystal clear that even in the midst of a national shutdown, UPS would still be up and running. Well, people say so, they want stuff delivered, you know? Well, yeah. yeah. And they're, <laughs> it's been amazing seeing the kind of stuff that's being bought now that mm. I've never seen before. Like, you don't know how many of those, um, what are those, <laughs> it's going to be kind of inappropriate, but <laughs> European people uh, don't use toilet paper, I guess. They just Bidet. squirt water Bidet. up their butt. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know how many things? I've seen a ton of those. So, for you know some reason, the them? Eastern Shore, the Eastern <laughs> Shore is being uh, filled up with... Uh, well, what they're what thinking they is toilet paper's done, so you better find something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'm good. Hey, this has now become my favorite episode just because <laughs> yeah. said swirling water up the butt. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, but I've yeah. seen the kind of the, the meme of the Eastern Shore bidet is the, the, the removable shower nozzle held under the toilet, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I say right. as a lifelong Eastern Shoreman, you know. Mike, tag me. Find that for me. I got to see that. That is so funny. <laughs> Not that I like it looking at pictures of people shooting water up their butts. So let me clarify that. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Uh, what point did pulp revelators go off the rails <laughs> <laughs> when we went visual recording <laughs> that's what happened anything else jeff that you're reading you re just moon night uh now i'm also going through the die that we are going to be having a future uh discussion on i believe um okay. that's been pretty good um i have been catching up on some of my X-Men, some of the Hickman stuff um, that I got a little bit behind on my reading. There's plenty of reading time now. Um, I also started um, Mir uh, Mr. Miracle. Mr. Sure. Miracle. Yes. Mm. Fantastic. Um, had that signed several weeks ago. How many, how long ago was that, Mike? Do you remember? You know, it was, it was literally like probably the week before COVID really hit. Right. The last thing that, that Third Eye did as an event. Yeah, so Tom King signed that for me and uh, I've been reading that and I actually really enjoy it. It's um, not an escape book though. It, it, it hits close to home. You know, it, when it, you're, really, it does. You're a dad, you know. Mm -hmm. But that's most of my reading if we're doing the comics. Uh, otherwise, uh, like Tim, uh, I, you know, I must not like to talk to people because they always say the two things you don't talk about are religions and politics. Well, those are the kind of books I like to read. And so those, <laughs> are, the, those are the conversations I, I want to have, I guess, um, or nobody wants to talk to me, one of the two. But um, so I, I read a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, but between watching Marvel films and uh, Tiger King and <laughs> reading comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> All you cool cats and kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, he knows Joe. What can you say? 
I know Joe. Yes. <laughs> my son Best friends. Uh, <laughs> before we pull away from comics and maybe go into either music or, or books without pictures. I uh, think we get to go with comics though. <laughs> they, the, the, they're, I want to point out just two runs that are just my all time favorites. You know, Gary and I are kind of lucky enough to be taken uh, with, with some of this time, uh, uh, master class in storytelling from Neil Gaiman. Um, and I'll tell you, man, his Sandman run is just, it's, it's 10 trade paperbacks of just other, literally otherworldly storytelling. Um, you know, the world of dream and the, you know, just this, it, it, it got classified as one of the top 100 books of the last century. Um, that and Watchmen were the only two graphic novels included in that list. And so it, you, it's well worth your time in, in kind of an escape format, but just great storytelling. Um, if you haven't picked it up, you know, check it out. Um, and the other, probably my all-time favorite comic um, run is Warren Ellis and John Cassidy's Planetary, which is basically taking um, something like the Avengers and Indiana Jones and mashing them together um, in this kind of, uh, you know, archaeologist of the, of the uh, interesting or the, the otherworldly. It's just, it's, a, it's four trade paperbacks, or I think Gary has it collected into one hardback. Uh, it's just, just phenomenal storytelling, you know, so I would throw those two out there with anything. Planetary is incredible. Uh, I mean, I would recommend that to anybody. And even if it's like you've gotten out of comics for a while and are just now getting back into it, Planetary is just an incredible book because uh, he finds a way to be able to touch on every genre of comic science fiction from, you know, our namesake, the pulps, all the way forward to current. And he does it in such an incredible way. It's like, I, to me, and he's done a lot of work, but I think it was like Warren Ellis's best thing that he did. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, you know, go-to stuff that I've always loved. Well, A, I'm reading Daredevil Born again, very closely. Um, and that's going to come up in a future episode because that's going to be our first book of the month, uh, which will be the very next episode. Uh, and, and you say that's your number one Daredevil story of all time, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's considered to be by most people the, the number one probably of all time. But it's also kind of made me like hungrier for a all of Frank Miller's Daredevil. I would like to go back and read all of that. Um, you know, but also for like other books of that time, like uh, the original Wolverine limited series, I have, uh, uh. I have this, the trade that I have is literally the trade that I bought back then. Um, that was four ninety five, a trade paperback for four ninety five, and it is the same one. And it is beat to death because it's a book that I go back and read a bunch of times. Um, also, Andy Diggle's Green Arrow Year One. So basically, it's Green Arrow all rough, not all beat up, and uh, also. Uh, been getting into kind of more fantasy books and it's not for this um but i, I started uh 
reading Birthright, which is a good series. And it just made me think of something that I loved when I was a kid and I never really read past like the first 50 issues. And I happened to find it, a trade at uh, portals where they shut down when they're used for $5. Mm. By uh, Warlord by uh, Mike Grell. So I'm going to go back and reread this because I remember loving them. It was such a cool story. It's kind of that whole land of the lost John Carter Mars thing, except he like, he's a pilot that crashes in this medieval world that exists somewhere hidden on earth. So it's uh, just another really cool high concept series. And of course, like, you know, there's always the X-Men books, but I'm kind of like, I don't want to read too much more of that, especially since we're going to have to wait a long time probably before any new issues come out. Um, uh, but I thought now would be a good time to like go back and take a look at uh, some old X-Factor stories like uh, X-Factor, Genesis and Apocalypse, the epic collection. Mm. So that's comic wise. Um, so what we heard Tim's uh, political book and we'll have to move on to music and all soon, but um, are you guys reading like actual, any, uh, any actual books? That's insulting. Um, <laughs> are you reading? Do they all have pictures or do you actually read? <laughs> are you reading novels or uh, anything like that you'd like to share that you would recommend? Do you ever read? Yeah. Uh, did you ever read the series about, it was S.M. Sterling did a series called The Change, which is called the Emberverse series. Did you ever read that? I've never read them. I've heard of them. Man, that's good. The, the premise, so the first series was only like three or four books. And the premise was that like there was this, um, the, the island of Nantucket was taken back in time. And they had all their technology available to them to kind of take over the world. Nantucket became the new capital of the world. It was taken back to like the, the 16th century. Um, but at the same time, in reverse, um, because they took technology back with them in the future, all technology stopped working. Gunpowder didn't even work. Like just a lot of things stopped working. So that continued the series. Uh, once there was, there was a big battle over on the West Coast and the, the series continues with the children of those people. And the, the second part of that, the second part of the Emberverse was like 10 or 12 books. And then it's moved on to their children. So it's, it's pretty cool. You get a chance to check it out. It's, it's, it's basically a fantasy book. You bring in back elves and bow and arrows and, and staff fighting, and no one's got technology to fight with anymore. Their main motor transportation is either uh, refurbished bicycles or horses. So it's, it's pretty neat. Oh, yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, S.M. Sterling wrote it. It's worth checking out. Nice. Dustin, you've been wanting to, it looks like you've had something you're reading. Yeah. So, uh, big three that I'm kind of reading right now is I'm rereading delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. Mike, I know, I think you've read, you're reading that or have read that. That's it's just such like a that. good, yeah. I mean, it's just such a good like introduction to Christian theology by primarily looking at the Trinity um, you know, and like, I think of like this chapter and he talks about like how, like the current chapter I'm on, he's talking about why did God create everything? And often we think, Oh, God created everything because he needed a friend, you know? So like he opens up the chapter with single God, non-smoker, 
seeks attractive creation with good sense of humor, you know, like just funny guy, but just like deeply theological. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, just finished reading uh, Athanasius on the incarnation, um, which is just, you know, a little light reading essential church father. It's only 80 pages. It's not a lot. Uh, I think C.S. Lewis talks about in his, um, his little essay on why, like re why you should read old books. And he mm -hmm. says, often, you know, we come to an old book and we're so intimidated by it just because it's an old book. And we think, Oh, there's no way I can, you know, stand face to face with an ancient, with a master. Um, but if you, you know, take a bold step forward and you read these guys, you realize how much of their stuff actually, they're the original. They've influenced everybody else and they're not actually that hard to read. Um, so I highly recommend if you're ever thinking about getting into the church fathers, that's the one. Uh, and then finally I'm reading uh, the imperfect pastor, uh, finding rest and understanding limitations in our daily apprenticeship with Jesus. Um, and it's just like a humbling book, you know, it's just like pastor, you're not the shit that you thought you were. Kind of thing. <laughs> the tagline of the book, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the message version of it. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, but those are, I definitely recommend, uh, those three for quarantine reading. Jeff's Good like, stuff, I'm reading man. The Hot Zone by Richard Preston, a, a nice gentle book about Ebola virus. <laughs> yeah, and triggered <laughs> by Donald Trump Jr., right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, Brooke and I are actually working through a, a book entitled uh, 40 Days of Prayer. And it's, it's just a small study. It's a daily study, but there's questions to be answered and filled in and things like that. So we're working through that, and we're working on, um, once we get a couple of days into it, we probably just started last, last Thursday. So once we get a week or so into it, we're going to um, start doing it in a format like this over Zoom with uh, some friends of ours and kind of, kind of see how they're doing with it. So we're, we're doing that. That's, that's religious end of things that we're doing over here. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm reading other than what I read in the – in the Bible and the, the weekly studies that I do, I'm not reading any specific book that's too in depth or detailed. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a group that's going through side by side by Ed Welch. Um, fantastic book. Basically the purpose of the book is to help um, Christians develop skills that they need to help one another. Basically he says that um, the most skilled helpers are the ones who recognize that they need help. And so we are able to help others because we need help ourselves. And so we relate to one another. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And then directing people back to God's principles. And it's, it's been really good. It's pretty humbling. And we're doing it with a group over Zoom. Um, I think that there are about eight families. I could be mistaken. That's just off the top of my head. But that's been really good. Cool, man. I'll say definitely, you know, as we're as we're recording this, it's it's Holy Week. It's it's you know, the day after Palm Sunday, and um, you know, and so as we go into 
the, the passion and different things. So obviously if, at a time when you're stuck inside, reflecting on scripture, play, praying on scripture, um, digging in, it, it's a perfect time for that. And I, I you know, don't, and we've got, a, we've got several Bible studies going right now. So I've been definitely doing that reading, but to open up the, the secular side, um, you know, the, this is an interesting time for post-apocalyptic fiction too, in, in that, um, you know, one of the books that was kind of, you know, recommended to me, um, I picked up uh, called Station Eleven from Emily St. John Mandel. Ah, uh, the whole thing. I want to read that so bad. <laughs> it starts as uh, a pandemic virus wipes out <laughs> civilization wow. as we know it, and then in the in the the recreating of in, in this kind of um, you know just wiped out civilization, there is a troop who goes around kind of the Great Lakes region and in, and in Canada of performing Shakespeare because they want to keep the arts alive. And it's so, it, and, and one of the main characters uh, has found this, this, this series of comics that was created by, she doesn't know who, and it was, it's just this fascinating, it, it's interesting how many threads come together in it. And, and it's very strange to read it during a pandemic virus. Um, but, um, yeah, it, having a few different things going and that's, you know, me being an introverted person, uh, who, who's easy to stay at home anyway, it's like, oh, you mean I can actually stay home and read? Okay. And, um, so it's been pretty cool. Gary, you've got something else going too, don't you? Well, when you had, uh, Mike and I had talked about station 11, what, weeks ago, and, um, I was interested in it and we were going to do it as a book club. Uh, I just checked my delivery estimate and it should be arriving by April 18th. So I think we must have to um, Not coming UPS. Yeah, I was going to blame, if I had to blame anybody, it's UPS. I wish they'd get it in gear. Um, I know, gosh, jerks. <laughs> but uh, I did Too busy happen, with the bidets. <laughs> I did happen as a fluke um, prior to um, the world as we know it ending. Uh, just recently, uh, I had already checked out of the library, The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman, because Mike and I had been talking about doing that, uh, doing the class that we're doing on um, Masterclass. And before I got a chance to read it, my wife picked it up and read it, and she loved it. And uh, Meredith, she was like, she, you, you need to read it. She's like, it'll probably take you two days to read. And it took me about two days to read. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a really, really good deep emotional book um so i would highly recommend that one it has nothing to do with end of the world or viruses but a lot of fantasy and just some stuff out of left field that you don't expect um another book that i finished reading a few weeks ago that's led to what i'm reading now um was uh alif the unseen by g willow wilson um you guys don't know who she is she's a uh, a novelist and she writes a, a bunch of uh, comics. In fact, she created and um, basically breathed life into the character of Kamala Khan, the current Miss Marvel in Marvel Comics. Um, well, in the book of Leaf, it's about a Muslim culture. Um, doesn't really say which one, but it, it's a like it's a it's a hacker story that balances on this 
fantasy, like 101 Arabian Nights type of uh, story. So just in reading that and finishing it, there was a lot of things about the culture. Um, so I'm a fan of Carl Madeiras, and um, you guys have heard me speak about his book, Speaking of Jesus, multiple times. So I uh, broke out a copy of his Muslims, Christians, and Jesus, and it's gaining understanding and building relationships. And it's just a cool book on learning about the culture and, um, you know, ways they suck ways they see our culture and, um, you know, ways they see Jesus in their eyes and just interesting things like that. So that was uh, kind of on my um, Bible study side. Um, currently, when I'm reading and really mad at myself that I've never read up until this point in my life, um, Stephen King, The Gunslinger, uh. already just engrossed in that book and I've barely I'm just a few chapters in and concurrently with that I'm reading his uh at Mike's recommendation from Mike <clears throat> on writing um uh, about writing and just you know it's kind of neat about his process and then reading his book at the same time um so you know I, and I'm doing that like those of you that don't know me well enough and the listeners um I'm not happy unless I'm doing like about 10 things at once. <laughs> um, so in order to also spend time with my family, which I, I am self admittedly uh, pretty bad at, I'm, I'm a natural born hermit. And, um, you know, luckily I have a wife who reminds me that I should go outside or, you know, come play a board game and things like that. And sometimes it's kicking and screaming, but I love it every minute of it. Um, looking on the back end. So I read like a chapter here and there. So it's not like I'm Superman and I'm like picking up the book and zipping it by osmosis. Uh, it'll take me a while to get through everything that I've named tonight, like at least a day or two. <laughs> so you know, I, always I always have to have 10 different things that I'm reading and I already have like a few things that I'm adding next. Those, that's what I'm doing right now during uh, quarantine time. And everything that's been named like I, I, if I've read it, I would highly recommend it as well. Or there's some things you guys have named that um, I haven't read that I'm now like, huh, I wonder if this is going to go on long enough for me to add to the queue. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, um, no, I, I mean, like Mike said, like when, when they were like shelter in place, and I was like, oh no, now I have to read. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah it was kind of uh one of those things but that's all i have for books so i know um well actually we still have, we we started a little late so we still have uh plenty of time which is great because we never follow a schedule um <laughs> let's talk about music dustin hot spot it's getting dark where you are what do you listen? I don't know. To? I'm a, I'm actually have to about to go in to put the kids to bed. Street lights so, came on. Gotta go home. Yeah. <laughs> so Raffy is what you're listening to, or something like that, basically. Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's how it works. Oh, Music. Um. Oh man, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've been I've been going back and listening to um this guy named. Chris, I'm going to butcher his name, like Razima or Razimi. I can't pronounce his last name, but his music, it's kind of this like acoustic 
Christian music. Um, like think of like gun gore kind of stuff. Um, do you guys know who that is? No. Sorry, buddy. No, man. Uh, what's another? I'm trying to think of another. I don't know who else they would be like, but they have. He has a really great song um, called "Springtime," and I love. There's this one line in particular. It's called uh, "Death is dead and it's gone with the winter," and I just like I love that line, and I just constantly. I'm thinking through it. Um, other than that, you know, at work, my employees like to listen to music on their stereo. And so the one song that's like constantly in my head is Dance Monkey. Do you guys know that song? You, Mike, you know that song. Gary, you have to know that song. You have teenagers. Oh, yeah. I know that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not a good thing, but I know it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that song... I have no, like, it's not that I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I cannot get it out of my head. I don't know why. But, uh, <laughs> dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Oh. That's pretty much it. That's yeah, the only line I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, all right, fellas. I'll talk to you all later, all right? All right, Dustin, take care, man. See you, Dustin. Cheers. All right. Jeff, what well, do you want to say? One, one that's, that's kind of uh, timely and how it's, it's um, you know, the death of Bill Withers definitely kind of sent me back and has had me listening to, you know, Bill Withers. And I talk about soothing soul, you know, it's just, you know, his from lovely day to lean on me. Um, mm. You know, you, it's just like, oh man, this guy just—he just puts you in the in the in a great spot, you know, and gives you hope, and just mellows you out, and um, definitely a good pandemic soundtrack. Mm. So, the pandemic has really done something to music that we haven't seen before, and that is that there are a lot of really well-known artists, and I guess some not so well-known, who are doing concerts from home things from their living room, sharing with the world their art because they know people are locked in and they, they know that music heals for a lot of people. They know that it brings you places, uh, even if you can't go anywhere. And so I have uh, enjoyed watching people that I, I really like online right from their living room. Um, I think the first night it was James Taylor was just doing a little acoustic set, just sitting there and just playing it for people. It was really cool. Uh, what was another one that I saw? Uh, actually, they're an artist that has performed over here on the Eastern Shore outside. Um, his name is Ronnie. Uh, it'll come to me in a moment, but he's just this cool, smooth sounding kind of uh, R&B singer. Um, the name will come to me. And just uh, Ronnie Queen is his name. Hmm. And uh, they're the XPDs was the, the oh, band. Yeah. Um, and he did something just from his driveway. Um, uh, Leonid and friends doing Chicago covers. Uh, I don't know where they are right now. They're from Russia originally, but I don't know where they are now. Um, a buddy of mine actually works for the Lincoln Center uh, in uh, New York. And of course, New York has been, you know, kind of the epicenter for the last several weeks of this uh, virus. And, you know, they've had to cancel... Oh, I don't even know. I think 
some 180 shows, something like that, so a ridiculous amount at all the different venues. And so they're doing live concerts online just mm -hmm. for free. You could just kind of tune in and, and he hear these different people. And um, it's jazz from the Lincoln Center, and it's been fantastic. So I've actually somewhere, I don't know when I have the time to watch all the movies, read all I read, and uh, you know, Gary, I'm like you, I'm a little manic, I guess. I don't sleep much. I, I yeah, have a bunch of things. Not manic. <laughs> well, I need 10 things going on at once. Um, so somehow filling my time with, with that and still getting a little bit of work done as well. So um, yeah, a lot, a lot of different things going on. Awesome. Timothy? What am I up to? Music-wise. Music-wise. Uh, man, for like the last couple of months, all I've been doing is putting on certain stations on Pandora and just listening. Um, I listen to like Imagine Dragons station, um, David Crowder station. I listen to uh, – David Crowder stations had a lot of um, live versions of like Zach Williams music. So you hear a lot of him talking about who he was before he actually, you know, committed his life to Christ and stuff. It's really cool to, to hear his insight. Um, and I've, I've been doing a lot of honeydews around the house, you know, cleaning up stuff and painting and stuff. So I just had the music playing, but there's no one in particular I'm, I'm listening to that's, you know, I'm putting their CD in or finding them on iTunes or anything like that. But I just, I'm kind of one of those guys that trash in, trash out. You know, I, I, prefer to fill my mind with with christian music um that's uplifting as opposed to the other stuff in the world because i as a cop i deal with all the junk of the world on a daily basis so i just it's just kind of my therapy is to kind of listen to stuff that's more spiritually uplifting got it man i you know i hear you i did i did see that that uh is it christ church i think it was christ church They've been doing some music videos. Um, it's really funny because they're each getting their turn inside the church or whatever video they're at. Mm -hmm. But they're definitely doing social distance because when there's no one else in the the church at all. So they they take they took them a lot of time to video what they had to video. But uh, yeah, they have some real. In that's that my church, day job. You know? is Christ Church. So that's what we've been doing. Yeah. And and it's been yeah, it's it's really cool to see. It. it it's we 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 lucked out in having uh, one of our contemporary music ministers who is a, an amazing video editor, and and who can put these things together, um, along with great talent in on as musicians and singers, and um, you know that's one of those things where okay you're a church and you can no longer come together physically. What do you do to bring people together and inspire people? And and we, an online platform is what we're what we're working with. Yeah. And so music and Zoom meetings and Facebook Live and um, and you try to yeah, you know I, I know some of the guys over there. I mean like like Bruce's Bruce's story. If 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 people yeah. put the time to check out Bruce Straza, um, he's he's a hundred percent in. You know he's all in. He's he's lived a life that has him turning one hundred eighty degrees and going in a different direction. And he's he's proof positive that that changing your life is possible and and the the dividends are exponential once you do that. And then to see people like like Justin Ryan join the join the crowd and you know, Justin's always been in town. I, I sat next to him in choir in high school, and he's just always talented. 
and it's just fun to see him continue to progress. And he's always looking for the the new sound or 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 the, the new words that he's trying to put into his music. Mm-hmm. And it's neat to see him be involved in something like that because it, he's he's the guy that's always played at the at the bars, and he's 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 so good. I mean, oh, yeah. if you can do music for a living, like for an actual living, you are talented. And uh, he is that guy. He's that talented. Yeah. And uh, but to see him on the Christian side of it and the church side of it, I don't get to see that too often. Um, and it's really it's really cool to see. Nice. Well, I I tend to echo kind of what what Jeff said, and I think what what we've said others. I mean, it's 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 really cool to see the shift that has happened. Like, okay, we can't have live concerts. We're going to go, you know, from our living room and social media. We're going to, um, you know, change things up. And I, I feel like the hope is enough people have set, have taken some time to say, okay, we can't do things the way we were doing them. You know, not just I'm going to wait until I can do exactly the same things again, but what's important to me and what, you know, what should I be focused on? when we come out of this and if if musicians kind of saying um you know we don't need the big venues we want to have a personal connection with our listeners if if writers um reaching out if 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 based on not being able to come together for a while we value coming together more that's not a terrible thing to come out of a terrible situation i guess that's how i look at it I thought one of the interesting memes I saw about a week ago it says, uh, the church isn't in isolation, it's deployed. Yeah. And I think that's a really good opportunity for people today to, and even if, even if your aspect is not religious, mm-hmm. um, there's no reason why through, while you're isolated at home or whatever it is you're doing, but you can't deploy something. You can't be someone who's willing to, you should be someone who's willing to help your neighbor. You know, I saw the neighbors out yesterday talking, and we, we walked over and joined them and made sure, you know, we, we have chickens, we have eggs. You know, do you guys need any? Can we help you in some way? You know, it's, it's, this is a time when you can, when you can do something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you should. You absolutely should. And, and hopefully, once this is all over, it continues. Gary apparently is going to share with us whatever's in the spray bottle. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. Oh, it's how I try to stop the dog from barking in the background. My my uh social distancing mist. Yeah, what I what I like to listen to is the sound of a hound dog barking incessantly on repeat. Um, it just helps with concentration, podcasting, working. Every time, every time my dog barks, Jeff mutes me. I see a little, a little red microphone pop like, oh, my Jeff is the sound engineer. He's trying to if anything gets too loud. He's like. <laughs> just like and I don't like what you're saying so mute <laughs> bye Gary when this gets released it's just, when this gets released it's just going to be Jeff talking <laughs> uh, well I guess if like Tim you touched on Zach Williams I, I really like his music and I listen yeah. to it often um, anyway he's just an incredible story music's really good um I've been listening to a lot of um, the Dead and Company, uh, you know, What's Left of the Grateful Dead, uh, touring with John Mayer. My wife is a huge fan of the Grateful Dead. Um, in fact, we have tickets to see them this summer if that happens. 
we'll have to see. It hasn't been canceled yet. Uh, so we, uh, they actually have been on their Facebook page putting on unreleased concert video. Um, the one we just watched this weekend was from June 30th, 2018, which uh, June 30th is my birthday. So my wife thought that that was kind of cool to put on. Um, and then somebody posted on Twitter not that long ago, like what four albums could you listen to all the way through each time you pick them up? And um, the first one that popped in my head and it's just got me listening to it is uh, R.E.M.'s Green Album. Ah. I love that album. Um, and I remember, I guess I was in middle school when it came out and just listening to it over and over again. So I broke that out. Um, Paul's Boutique. I mean, that's just a given. Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. Uh, I, I could listen to that just over and over again and just never stop. Love that album. Um, my youngest daughter really likes the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So we've been listening to a lot of those because they're like, like, like Paul's Boutique, I could listen to any album by the Red Hot Chili Peppers over and over again and enjoy it. So she's been getting Alexa to play a lot of Chili Peppers, which has been great to have that soundtrack in our background. And um, for some reason, I was just thinking of it the other day. I don't know why. Um, so I popped it in and forgot how much I really loved it. Uh, the Crow soundtrack, the soundtrack from the first uh, Crow movie. I mean, it had Nine Inch Nails on it. It had Stone Temple Pilots. It was just a really good mixture of music. So that's been kind of like uh, basically what I've been listening to. And then every once in a while, it sounds stupid, but there's a uh, rapper named Peabod that we watched at the uh, road show a few weeks ago when we were volunteering for um, mm -hmm. Compassion. And his music's just happy. I mean, it's just like you, you could be mad and you could put on his music and it's just this happy rap in the background it's kind of weird he's like a uh, cross between uh a clean version of eminem like you know the albums that they release and they take out all the curse words and all or change them for something else um and, and a mix between them and 21 pilots and he's just like I me mean, it's just it just makes you happy it's goofy it's fun and i don't know sometimes i like to be goofy and fun and not listen to anything heavy that works other than that, it's NWA, Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Sometimes with Weird Al fronting for NWA, it's uh, I would say, I mean, you know, Gary, you know, Beastie Boys are, are you know, one of my all-time favorites. There, there was a, a little bit of, of, when I was just kind of scrolling my mind of, of you know, take your mind away stuff, there's a, a rapper um, who goes by Aesop Rock. Um, who, if you ever want to, you know, humble yourself in your vocabulary, um, I think there's a graph that's been made about, you know, vocabulary used in hip hop and, you know, even like KRS-One and some of the, the, the scholarly rappers are one level and Aesop Rock is way up above and he's just, he has this amazing flow with these where you go, where did, how do you even use that in rap, you know? Um, so Aesop Rock is definitely a guy who, you know, we throw on there. Um, and then I think that, you know, the, the kind of one thing that music can do, obviously you, when you take something like Christian music, you, there's a hope to it for, that, that's wonderful and needed. 
And then you can also use the idea of escape, you know, and if you put on, you know, like Grateful Dead's Live Dead or a, or a show, but you just escape into live music sometimes, which is a really cool um, way to go. And, I, you know, a, a songwriter who I'm, you know, all in on right now um, is a guy named Sturgill Simpson, who goes everywhere from country to psychedelic to, you know, kind of older sounding Led Zeppelin, he's just all over the map and just kind of wherever his creativity takes him. And so I've been uh, enjoying him a lot. And a and another band who kind of a, in the storytelling jam band thing, um, a good friend, John Ford died um, not long ago. And his favorite band that he quoted all the time was a band called the Tragically Hip. Uh, we're a Canadian band who just, you could, you know, are just a blast to listen to and just put on and then just, you know, kind of do whatever you're doing. Um, so that's a band who I would throw out there now, Tragically Hip also. Awesome. I want to throw out a, uh, like, it's interesting that it, even if you don't like Saturday Night Live, um, which I'm a huge fan and you could always watch Saturday Night Live, um, anything that makes fun of people, because that's how I grew up, just, you know, <laughs> my friends and I just made fun of each other like horribly um kind of defined a lot of my personality but uh there was an episode where David Byrne was a music guest and even if you just watch his performances I mean it was just I mean it just actually absolutely awesome and the dude looks like he hasn't aged a day except for he has gray hair I mean just really good stuff and apparently uh he has a Broadway show going on when those such things happen again or it could be like a, what was that movie rain of fire where they're reenacting star wars because they're trapped underground in the castle maybe that's how broadway shows will look now you just reenact them in your house <laughs> i choose jeff as the first juliet though thank you thank you <laughs> well i think we've gotten all the way through our you know we've hit movies books comics and music now and and you know if you get through all of our lists, um, you might be out the other side of the pandemic. Maybe not. We'll have to see. Um, Challenge accepted. If but, not, there's um, always more. That that may that, that probably puts us in a pretty good place. Although we we never did give Jeff uh, room to talk about this as us. I appreciate you giving me the floor uh, while I have you all here. I want to just get something off my chest. Uh, no, I'm really kidding. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I really love your Photoshop skills. I like the, uh, trade that you said that they were going to be making of this is us. I'm, I'll be sure to get that for my wife. Um, uh, I'm so, I'm so saddened that, you know, during this time when we're locked in that the season ended, oh my gosh, what am I going to watch? Um, no, but, but honestly, um, for those of you listening out there and getting this little inside thing, my, my wife came and lectured us after our last uh, podcast that what we really should do is switch from the uh, the Pulp Revelators Forum to a This Is Us thing so more people will listen to us. So um, <laughs> please, stay, right. <laughs> please, please stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now our next episode will just be Jeff. <laughs> this is me this is me uh, i like that yeah this is me by jeff sanders 
Cool. Well, you know, awesome being with everybody tonight. And, uh, you know, um, it's been an odd time. It's been a way to connect in some strange ways. You know, I will say that you know, when you when when you do have to go out for groceries or do go around town, there's an eerie feeling right now. It's just kind of things that are empty, and that's the way it should be right now. But it, you know, you really get the gravity of it. You know, things are at a stop right now, and you know, so being able to, if you can, spend time with family, um, if you can. Um, you know, pray, reflect, if you have time to read, if you have time to garden, if you have time to, you know, keep yourself in shape and you're not, you know, gaining a uh, pandemic 25 pounds, um, mm. you know, it, the time is what you make of it. And, you know, I'm, 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 even though I haven't felt like I've had a day off since it started and some of the stuff that we're doing, it's, it's also, um, it can be a gift and, um, and, and hopefully, um, you know, extra time is a good thing for everybody. Yeah, we just hope everybody uh, stays safe, stays well. Um, and we really enjoyed doing this with you guys. Thank you for joining us. Good. Be safe, everybody. See you soon. Enjoy quarantine.